Good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 62, Wall to Wall to Avoid the Fall. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Raiden as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being here. I know it's a little early for you, you woke up, you missed your first bus, but you're here now, and then we're going to go out to have some coffee later, we're having a little date with our friends. He doesn't seem impressed by what I just said, but it's going to be fun. We're going to make this a good, informative podcast episode for you guys so you get to learn a lot about Raiden and his true identity and why he likes to run away and jumping on buildings, off of buildings, around buildings, in buildings, everything related to jumping. So yeah, before we do that, uh, I'm sure that people are very curious now of this guy who just jumps around. So who is Raiden? I'm just someone who likes to stay active growing up. Sports has always been a really big part of my life. I can't remember a time where I wasn't doing any form of activity. So I'm always just looking to kind of keep moving and I want a sport that's really challenging uh, and keeps me focused and keeps me fit and happy. And we're friends. We went to high school together, right? Yes. Yes. So that's how we, that's how we know each other. Yes, yes. I've known Alex since the seventh grade. Hey, hey, don't tell them how old we are. That, that isn't sad. We, we, <laughs> Actually, I graduated we... last year. Yeah, yeah, last year. Yeah, I've had this beard since the seventh grade. Yes. Nailed it. <laughs> so we have a little backstory of who Raiden is, which is not his real name. It's his mysterious name. Actually, before we go, I'm not going to give you the real name. You don't need to know. You guys don't need to know that. It's Eli. Okay, it's Eli. You guys got it. Wow. You got a special treat. You, you happy? Wow. But no, before we jump too far into the topic, do you have anything you want to share with the audience? So as like your Instagram, your Twitter or anything, because uh, if I'm correct, you are a streamer on Twitch, right? Oh, yes. I've also been streaming games and stuff. The Leafs on, you know, if you want to check that out. IG plug is uh, Raiden, R-A-I-I-D-E-N. That's just like my normal page with parkour and stuff. All right. Well, perfect. I will put all that in the information in the description below so you guys can go check that out and listen to it while listening to the, not listen to it, go follow it while listening to this podcast. It might be a little hard to listen watch his stream and listen to the podcast at, at the same time. So choose one and then come back to the other one. So it's completely up to you, but you have that. So now go check it out. Now back into the topic of today, it is parkour. So for people who might not be as informed about what parkour is could you give a little description of what it is for people who are curious uh yeah so there's actually a few different forms of parkour so parkour itself used to just be the efficient movement which would be from moving from point a to point b um and then there's something called free running which is a, a branch of parkour which would be that sort of movement but you include uh flips and kind of stylish movements to kind of just express yourself or have fun with it uh, or to challenge yourself because it is very difficult. Um, these days, when people say parkour, there's kind of this understanding that when you say, I do parkour, it could be any of those things because the two words initially created a very big divide in the community. And there was like this really, really big tension between like purists of like, I only do efficient parkour and Freerunners, I think, oh, like flips are harder. So there was this big divide. Um, so now it is just, I do parkour. It's all of that stuff or some of that stuff. A pretty big misconception is people will say, oh, you're always jumping on buildings and stuff. Yeah, like me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's good. It's like, you know, like that's what this podcast is for, right? To like kind of spread the word of people's hobbies, which is great, by the way. I like your podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And I, I'm glad you're on here and you get to share your story. So hopefully I don't look, make myself look like too much of a fool. <laughs> and uh, so correct me if I'm wrong, but the word parkour is actually a French word, which is parkour. Yes, yes, it is a French word, so it's just parkour. It was initially founded by uh, supposedly David Bell, I say supposedly, because he was training with uh, Sébastien Foucault at the, at the same time. So there's a bit of debate between them, between who like started it. But the general consensus is that David Bell started the sport. Uh, still very new. He's still alive. He's like in his 40s. Uh, he was in... What was that movie? District 13 or B13. If you've watched it, it's that dude. He's the founder. Uh, but yeah, so like a lot of the times people will ask me right away like, oh, so you're always jumping off buildings and stuff. And it's like there are people that do things at very high altitudes while training. The general community will always train at a height that is survivable. That's that's my motto. Like I, I like going high up, but 
Not so much that if I mess up, I'll die. If I'll break an arm, maybe, you know, that's okay. I'm pretty confident in what I can do. But yeah, for me, it's not worth that a height. And yeah. All right, well, that's good. Well, I'm glad that you're still intact today. You have no broken arms or legs. You got here well. Hopefully that the way you get out of my house is not with broken arms and legs. That would be horrible on my part to just let you go out like that. But uh, how did you actually get introduced to parkour? Was it like you something you saw on the internet, a movie? Because I know a lot of people got really interested in parkour when that new James Bond movie came out. Well, I say new, but I mean that James Bond movie came out. Like at the time. Casino Royale, I think. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was, was that like a decade. Yeah, it's like a decade, but I remember there was like a whole wave. They made even made fun of it in the office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, how did you get introduced to it? Uh, I was hanging out with my cousin. Uh, she's an older cousin, and there was a group of parkour athletes in. Uh, so, do you know uh, the stadium in Montreal? Um, let's pretend I don't. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, I was in Montreal with my cousin. Uh, staying over there for a few weeks and there's an Olympic stadium over there. So there's a big clearing of space and obstacles. And she told me, hey, do you want to go do parkour? And I was like, what is that? She's like, ah, just come see. I think you'll like it. So she knows me pretty well. Like she knows I like to keep active and like moving things. I like anime and stuff. So I feel like, you know, cool, jumpy stuff is nice. Um, So I get there and I see all these guys just about to warm up. There's a guy gathering them and he says, all right, follow me. I'm like, follow you? What do you mean? (laughs) Okay, sure. Like, how hard could that be? Anyways, so he started going and it started off simple and the obstacles got more complicated. And I realized like, I can't keep up with this guy. I don't know what I'm doing. And that really interested me that this guy was able to move so efficiently without breaking a sweat. And he made it look so easy. And I was like, wow, like I want to be able to move in my environment like this guy. So I come back to Ottawa and I find out there is no community. And it actually took a f- so that was my first experience with that at like 16 or 17 or something. So then a few years later after high school, I found a group of people uh, at a local uh, gymnastics club that trained it at the open gym. So we started getting together outside to practice because this was in the winter time. And yeah, there we go. That's how I started. I started training with these dudes. I still train with them today. We taught ourselves how to do the sport and I don't regret it. Very fun. That's pretty cool. Now, when you do do your parkour, do you like visualize everything beforehand? Like you look at your terrain, you're like, okay, well, here I'm going to do this move here and then do that move there. Or is it more like instantaneous? Like as you're running, you're figuring things out. So, so again, that's another uh, very big misconception where people like we've had new people join us and they'll tell us, please don't leave me behind. And what, what do you mean leave you behind? Like, so because of YouTube videos, people think that people just go off and do parkour and you can, it would just be not nearly as exciting because you have to be careful. There's different surfaces. There's different like grips of those surfaces. You don't know how stable something is. So everything you see in parkour videos is calculated. One five second clip could have been an hour of preparation and training and repetition, you know, like, let alone like being able to land a certain like difficult move on the spot. It's, is the surface going to let me do it? How will I have to adjust my move? Can I do it here at all? Will I have to scrap the whole shot and restart? So like a full YouTube video could be weeks and weeks of training and preparation. So very calculated things. Okay. So you do analyze the area first to make sure things are stable, they're oh, safe. Oh, yes. 100%. So on that note, what would you say is your preferred, let's say, material to do parkour on? Because they do videos on mats and gyms. You also do it outside where there's concrete. Uh, grass maybe is better for landing. I, I'm not the expert here, but I'm wondering what is your preferred uh, environment? Uh, It'll kind of depend on which move I'll be doing. So if it's a move that I just got onto mats clean and uh, I want to take it outside, if I was unsure of how heavy the impact was, mulch, uh, sand or grass are nice. If the season is dry and the grass is dry, then I don't mess with grass. It's like bumpy. It's hard like this year. Like, you know, like the grass in Ottawa was very like dry. So concrete would be better than dry grass because it's flat. Uh, When I have a move clean, concrete is the best because it offers the best grip. So it gives you better takeoff and stuff. Uh, I think my favorite, favorite material is the material on roofs that like sandpapery material. It's like not cushiony, 
but it's not as hard as concrete and it's grippier. Like tar and gravel? Yeah, yeah, like stuff like that. So it's like it's really, really nice to train on, but you know, it's on roofs and stuff. <laughs> so we never really have access to those. Fair enough. Have you ever done it on sand? Because I would imagine that would absorb some of the impact if you're doing a harder move. Yeah, so sand can be really nice. You have to be careful with sand because sometimes... Uh, so it's it's like you kind of have to be careful with everything you're doing, to be honest. So like even though you think, oh, sand is soft, you have to go check in the sand. Like sometimes there could be rocks, there could be literally be glass, like at beaches and stuff in the sand. Some of the sand, it looks like it's soft, but it's literally just like a centimeter over hard floor. So you have to like find a deeper like pit of sand, till it like. <laughs> and I would imagine it sucks when you're like, you do a jump and you're expecting like yes. a certain material to land on or something to land on and something completely goes wrong. It's like when you bite into a food and you're expecting a certain taste and yeah, you get something completely yeah, yeah, different. Yeah. So has that ever happened to you where you're like your mind just like tricked you and you're like, oh, I landed on something else? A hundred percent. Like you, you're totally not expecting the shock. And like, you know, those cartoons where they hit the ground and it like the squiggly line goes up their body. It's like the same thing. You're just like, oh, I'm about to land. And you just hit the ground and you're like, oh, my feet, my back, my neck. It just like. My everything. <laughs> yeah. It just, it's really, really unpleasant to hit something and expect something else. It's like really not fun. Well, st stepping away from the unpleasant side, what would you say is the best part about parkour? Like what is the personal and emotional things it brings to you? Uh, for me, it's overcoming something you're scared of. So if it's a, just like a jump that's really far, a climb that's really high or a flip that's really like focus demanding, just when you're too scared to do something and you finally get it and then you also get it really well and clean it's such a rewarding feeling like I, I it's like this is overwhelming joy in your chest you're like wow like i can do this now like i can do this movement and it's kind of like when you're playing a game and some or something and you unlock a skill like oh unlocked this skill it like i know that sounds silly but it, it just no, 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 no. Yeah, it feels like you have even though when you're out training you're literally like you're just your shoes your clothes you don't have any like physical item it feels like you're acquiring this new thing in your skill set. Like you just, you feel it on your shoulders. Like I can do all this. And when you look at objects and you're walking outside, you're like, I could do this list of things here. Like it's, you start looking at things differently when you acquire new skills and it's a very good feeling. So I would say overcoming things and acquiring skills, that's the best for me. Has it ever happened to you that you like landed a move and you had that one moment of surrealness? Like, did I, did I actually land that? Uh, yeah, <laughs> sometimes you'll be like expecting to fall, like you'll you'll make something scarier than it's like made to be and you'll land, you'll, oh, cool, <laughs> I guess. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, definitely did this on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, intentional. <laughs> so how often do you do parkour? Is it five days a week or seven days a week or just once a week? Uh, I've slowed down now because uh, I'm older and I have to like actually start focusing more on like the the work that I do with parkour. Uh, so in one sense, I've been training maybe three to four times a week if you include my coaching time because while I'm coaching, I'm training with the kids and the teens to show them how to do the movements. On my own time, I've only been training once or twice a week. Starting off, it used to be closer to five days a week because it is like a very difficult thing to learn, especially if you have no background in any acrobatics or if you don't have good jumps, which I had bad jumps and no background in acrobatics. So we started teaching ourselves and that was always five to six days a week and it was like all day. It's very tiring, but it's very fun. Very fun. Yeah, well, I can definitely imagine. Now, since we're in Ottawa, is there one area that you really like to do parkour in, like a specific place that's like, oh, this place has so much possibilities and I love going back to it? So for me, hands down, the best spot would be Portage, which isn't technically in Ottawa. It's on the like the, the bridge that goes to Gatineau. Uh, for those that live in Ottawa, it's like, you know, vaults, addiction, that area. But during the <laughs> daytime, it's all like government buildings and stuff. So each section will have a security guard that will want to kick you off or not. Some of them just appreciate what you're doing. Oh, that's cool. So like the spot, even with the security, like if the, it's a bad day, the spot is so big. Uh, and there's so much variety and the grip is amazing. If you're training parkour, go to Portage. It's the best.
it's almost as if they did it intentionally. They made it a, like the perfect parkour place. Yeah, the they're area. always like, you can't be here, but look at all these perfect buildings. It's like, okay, thanks. They're just <laughs> demanding to do be done parkour yeah, on. Yeah, right, like actually. <laughs> now for you, do you have any inspirations, whether it's like another famous parkour person or let's say people who are in your family encouraging you, encouraging you to keep doing parkour? Um, my family's always been really supportive of parkour and stuff, which has been nice. They're very positive about my training. As far as athletes go, I don't have any single athlete that I like really look up to, but what I'll do is like I'll find something an athlete does and then save their clips and kind of analyze the way they do things. I honestly I really can't think of a single athlete. Like there's there's so many that I could list out. Uh there's no one that I really like look up to individually i just like look at the moves that they do if that makes sense and you learn from them yeah yeah exactly now this is a really odd question and i don't know if you have an opinion on this but would you like to see parkour in the olympics and if so would you like it to be like a race to the finish or would you like to see it as because i know they have competitions where they do tag where people are trying to tag each other would you like to see that in the olympics so for me, the Olympics is a whole other discussion. <laughs> uh, growing up, I actually like I, so because I, I was mentioning I did a lot of sports, I always wanted to go to the Olympics. Now as an adult, looking at what the Olympics does to cities and stuff and looking at, uh, there's a, an organization called FIG, which is for gymnastics and they're great, they're great for gymnastics, don't get me wrong. They've been trying to kind of uh, take parkour under their wing and turn it into gymnastics. So there's kind of uh, a new divide right now between gymnastics and parkour. Some people are very for it, some people are very against it. I'm kind of neutral, but I wouldn't care to see parkour in the Olympics. I feel like the nature of the sport, how like free-spirited it is, how large the style is, is making it difficult to judge in competitions already as it is. And I feel like if you took it to the Olympics, you would have to really water it down or like narrow down the judging criteria, which would change the sport. I feel like it would just become kind of this urban gymnastics as opposed to like what it is now, which is anything you make it to be. Kind mm. of, kind of. Uh, no, I get it. It's like it's its own free thing. It, yeah. And judging, especially for, art, I would say, art performances is very subjective. Yeah. So it's hard to say, oh, well, that move is better than that move. And yeah. Sometimes it's corruption. I and mean, this is a whole other can of worms. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, I don't know how to answer this. But at like, least yeah. we know now that if Eli, if you, Raiden, the wonderful man in front of me, if you ever have a conversation about the Olympics or Parker with him, you already know his answer by listening to this podcast. Yeah. But back to just you and not the whole world around you. What do you tend to wear when you do parkour for yourself? Anything flexible. Um, if I'm doing a new move onto concrete, uh, wearing even like a long, like a thin long sleeve, like any sort of like sweater or whatever, like, uh, covering my skin won't necessarily protect me, but mentally will make me feel protected. Like and a blanket in the bed. Ex yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. You'll literally be like, I'm safe now and you'll just do better. Cause when you're scared, you'll cut corners on your technique and you're a lot more prone to falling or even landing short and hurting your ankles. Uh, so when you feel protected, you will just usually do better. And then when I'm comfortable with whatever I'm doing, uh, I'll just wear short sleeve and shorts, anything like mobile. And of course, it depends on the weather and stuff. You know, here in Ottawa, we'll have like negative 45 and plus 45. So it's like super depends on the day. Speaking about the weather, that was a perfect segue. What is your favorite season to do parkour? I'm guessing the middle of winter is not necessarily ideal. <laughs> not <at all. laughs> um, I would say right around now, actually, September weather is really nice because it's not too cold but there's that crisp in the air so that you can wear whatever you want and while you're training and getting warm it kind of keeps you cool uh summer times like you get you could easily overheat like if your spot doesn't have shade which a lot of the times it won't like you need to like take breaks wear a hat stay hydrated spring is like fall but all the grass is wet and everything's muddy and gross so it's fine for concrete Actually, this has popped up in my head. You know how they have uh, skate parks yeah. in Ottawa? Yeah. Would you like to see a, like, a parkour park? Yes. We've been petitioning the city. Uh, so, a buddy of mine, uh, Nicholas, Provo uh, Nicholas Provost, Nick Provo, <laughs> <laughs> um, who's been training the sport for many, many years, I think. 
How old are we now? We're old enough. <laughs> he's, well, he's been training since he was like 12. Oh, wow. So over a decade. And he started petitioning the city in his early teen years. So almost a decade to get a parkour park. We've gotten signatures. We've tried everything. Uh, so far, it's unsuccessful. I don't know if it's... I mean, they say that the like applying for parks and stuff is a very long process. But I feel like it's more a matter of connections and stuff. So we're trying to find people to kind of like direct us to the right people to get us connections because it's almost been 10 years and they haven't started anything well hopefully i'm doing my part by sharing your story here yes yes i really and appreciate people that. around the world or especially in ottawa anywhere is listening to this like yeah you know what this is a great idea i want to join in um if you don't mind do you have any information where people can learn more about this petition where they can sign up or encourage this uh, parkour park? Uh, to be honest, at this point, I thought I did, but the people we spoke to don't get back to us anymore. So, <laughs> not really. I would only say if you know someone who works in park development for cities, it would be very much appreciated if you can get the word out. We are just a group of athletes that want a safe and consistent environment to train in. It's like, it's hard, right? Because I have so many students that want to train. They say, when you want to go outside, when they go outside, where should they train? And I'm like, well, knowing of all the spots where we either get condemned or looked down on because people will think, oh, they're just a group of kids jumping around. It's dangerous. Like, we'll get kicked out of spots. So having a park where people could just train their sport consistently would be amazing. Right, that'd be pretty cool to see too. I, that would make the city unique and beautiful. Mm -hmm. Now, I back to the clothing aspect. Now, I haven't asked this, but for people who are starting off, would you recommend they wear like a helmet or knee pads or stuff like that? So, because it could be pretty daunting when you're doing parkour for the first time, and and as you progress, would it be good to just like take off one thing and then get more comfortable? <laughs> okay, mom. So, <laughs> no helmet is not necessary. <laughs> It would 100% throw you off balance. Would make your life a lot harder with a helmet. Please don't. I like this is gonna. I don't know like how people feel about like a sentence like this, but for when it comes to parkour, you just need to toughen up. Like everything is hard outside, and let's say you go out with shin pads or elbow pads or a helmet and stuff. Once you get your moves, you would have gotten used to having those, and when you fall, like you won't necessarily understand. Like, how do I explain this? Um, no, no, I get it. I get it. It's you get too comfortable in your uh, what, what you're used to using, and if you, the one day you don't use it, you might not be as confident. Yeah, you'll be a lot more scared, right? You be you feel a lot more vulnerable, and a lot of people will start off by wearing gloves, right? Like, and you know, like I'm I'm no exception. Like people who are <laughs> new will think, oh, like Mirror's Edge, like that character, like wear a glove, it's cool. But then you realize it doesn't offer as good grip as your hands because your your hands just have naturally better grip than like a glove and you aren't building strength in your hands you're not conditioning them and they're soft so when you take the gloves off you still have these very like gentle like sensitive hands so when you smack concrete or grab it to climb like your skin tears and it's not getting conditioned so as far as apparel goes just some mobile clothes Shoes that aren't too high so you don't roll your ankles and aren't teethed. Uh, so a flat sole would be like ideal. If you want to work on your foot strength and get good technique, start off with shoes that have no padding, but be very careful. If you are very prone to injury on your feet and don't really want perfect technique quite yet, you can get some slightly padded shoes that aren't too heavy. And again, flat would be very ideal. Okay, so those are good pieces of uh, sorry, good pieces of advice. So, and also know your limit. Don't go doing yes. like <laughs> I feel like that'd be it's a big a, one. Yeah, exactly. Before like going off onto like the biggest thing, baby steps. Learn to walk before you fly. Yeah, I, <laughs> that's yeah. a really bad expression, yeah. but yeah. And how like you were asking about like uh, do we analyze spots? Mm -hmm. That's one of the hugest things that will determine the like how long an athlete parkour will train is how smart you train always train smart and treat your body like like a like a, a well maintained yeah like like yeah maintain it you know like conditioning stretching be careful for your spots uh know your limits like you're saying stuff like that like it might not sound as exciting or glamorous as the youtube videos but end of the day 
you are an athlete and not just some like random hero running around jumping and doing crazy shit like well damn there goes my dreams i thought i was <laughs> i'm so sorry <laughs> well actually on that note uh would you recommend doing it with a group of people like so people can be there to support you if you get injured they help you or teach you how to do things they can correct you or would you prefer doing it just alone i think that if your goal is to work something that you know that you won't be hurting yourself on so you just want to clean up something and you want to get strong or consistent Training alone can be very good for your mental health because anytime, because you won't always have someone to train with, right? Like that's a big struggle here in Ottawa is that the community is very dispersed, uh, not necessarily very large either. So when you want to train and you're used to training with people, you feel too shy to go out on your own and you miss out on training time. So training alone is very good to make you like clean in everything you're doing. On the other hand, training with people is very good uh, for morale. So like if you're scared to do something, your friends will tell you, look, I've seen you do this a hundred times. You can do this. Just fix this. If you do hurt yourself, they're there to help you out. So when I'm training alone, I'm a lot less prone to trying a move that I'm not comfortable with because I'm like, well, what if I end up limping? Am I going to have to limp to the bus stop? You know what I mean? Like spooky. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully you don't end up in the hospital, but I, I do understand the concept. Like they're there for you and yeah. you're just helping each other. It's not like a competition. Like I'm the better parkour athlete or I'm the one's like, no, let's help each other out and try yeah, to improve. Yeah. Feed off each other. It's nice. Now speaking about improving and just being a good parkour athlete, what would you say is your strongest skill set? Are you fast? Are you agile? Are you strong? Mm, I've always been a fan of like keeping all my skills kind of like intermediate and cleaning things up with good flow. So I would say I'm more on like the flowy side. So it's just like making things look clean and stuff like that. Um, when I learn new moves uh, that are difficult, I'll try not to do them like in videos or when I'm training, like um, like putting a line together, if it isn't flowy, even if the skill is more difficult, I'm like, well, it looks kind of ugly. I'm going to wait. So flow strongest asset yeah no i might sound ignorant asking this question but have you created a move like your, one of your signature moves uh i haven't created a move in the world of parkour but i did start using a type of like footing for a move here in ottawa that kind of like spread and i've been teaching it to all my students uh this move existed uh i mean this uh like way to do the move existed of course when i started training i looked at a video of a guy named Alexander Zulev, who is this Russian. And essentially you would use, you use your leg the way I describe it as a pole vault. So you, while you're running, you put one foot on a corner, you do your, your Webster, which is what it's called, uh, like a front flip with your one leg kicking, one leg planting, or it could be side flip, which is that sideways flip. Uh, and the technique is basically you wedge your the ball of your foot into the corner and you tighten your leg. And if you can imagine like what that would look like as a pole vault, right? Like they're running, they stick the, the they put the stick in the corner, they fling themselves up. It's the same concept. So your leg goes ahead of you, blocks into the corner, and that gives you a lot of power when you're flipping. That's cool. You know you're gonna have to show me that one day, right? Yeah, sure. I'll show you later. Right now? <laughs> okay. uh, right, right here right now <laughs> in this tiny space yeah yeah and uh what was your biggest challenge when you first started doing parkour um ankle injuries 100 percent. um when i started training parkour it was very cool uh, i won't say cool like it wasn't even cool it was just like it was a trend for people to flip off heights and you know so flipping for those who don't know will make you heavier when you land because of centrifugal force, which is like when you like spin a ball around it, like it's heavier, right? So you're flipping off a height and you're still new and you don't have strong legs. So we're all doing that nonstop, like, like eight feet, 10 feet. And it's just like, yeah, fun, cool. And then you hurt your ankle. Oh, why did I hurt my foot? And you take a month off. And that 100% is what has given me the hardest time when I first started training. So if you're new to training, pace yourself. Don't give in to the hype. <laughs> it's not a race, ironically. <laughs> the <laughs> yeah. irony of that sentence. But uh, so I'm guessing you that's no longer your challenge now, but do you have any new challenges? 
Oh, uh, like something that's difficult for me in parkour? You mean like... Either it's parkour or finding time to do parkour or trying to master a new move. Anything that you find is a challenge for you. Uh, I think, yeah, what you just said, finding time for parkour has been very challenging. Like now as an adult, like, or even before, I guess, younger, you know, like school and stuff. Because end of the day, if you can't make money off your hobby, you have to make time for it, right? Like you have to find those time frames for it. You gotta make time for your hobby. Yeah, yeah, hey, <laughs> hey, you gotta make time for your hobby. Sorry, right. it was just too easy. It was perfect. That was good. Um, yeah, just finding time between, and it's not just like work, right? So like between work, like love life, family life, friends, stuff like that, and then you're like, oh, now it's time for me. Cool. I have five <laughs> minutes this week. No, just an, like an intense, like quick parkour. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm done. Yes, yeah, one hop. But I, I get it. I Sometimes I find time hard. That sounds weird saying that. I mean, like, I have a hard time finding free time to do my hobby. But now I'm doing this. I enjoy it. So I try to make time. And if you enjoy something a lot, you try to wiggle some room into it. Now, has parkour helped you relax when you're feeling stressed? So let's say you had a long day at work doing parkour. <laughs> do you uh, go back home or go to a park and like, you know, I'm just going to relieve my stress and just not let the whole world behind me and just do some parkour? Uh, definitely. Like when I'm, I'm sure like a lot of people feel about this when it comes to their sport or their, their, their hobbies, their art or whatever they're doing. Like when you immerse yourself in something, it could really take your mind off things. And like for me, when I train, when I'm upset, I actually do better because I'm like frustrated. So I kind of put more energy into things, if that makes sense. So like if, especially if I'm like angry, I'll just physically try harder at things i don't know why but i maybe because it like like it clouds the fear in my mind like fear is replaced with like like anger right so you're just training with no fear kind of though the fear is still there it's just not there as much it's like kind of like that anger to get you motivated to yeah finish it yeah i, I get it i get it. i get that sometimes when yeah. uh i'm working on anything or playing a sport or like i really want to save the ball and i'm just not angry at the person yeah, I yeah, play yeah goalie. I'm, just, I'm just angry at the situation I'm like all right i have to do this i have to do this yeah i don't condone I don't condone getting angry yeah. at the train <laughs> i'm just saying it could be a good stress reliever <laughs> so this is once again a perfect segue has parkour ever stressed you out so you said you try to complete a move or complete stuff like that has it ever happened that you were not able to complete it and you're just you're like ah screw it i'm walking away for now and then i'll come back to it yeah, definitely. There's a lot of times where you'll put this kind of pressure on yourself as an athlete. For I mean, like you start training with whatever intent, right? I didn't start training with like, I'm going to be the best. I just start training because, oh, this is cool. But as you get better, you want to learn more things. So like when you land a difficult skill, you're like, wow, that felt good. I want to try more difficult things. And you'll see all these people training and they do such high level moves and I want to try that. So for me, it's frustrating when either like my body won't allow me. So like I tore my ligament in my left foot recently and two years again before. And it wasn't even on a fall. It was on a land. But my foot was just like, well, I'm done now. And you, there's nothing you can do about it. You're just waiting to train. You can train like other parts of your body, but it's not what you want to do. So being held back by an injury is, I won't say, no, it's stressful. It is stressful. It's annoying because you feel like, this sort of activity that's so heavy on the body only gets harder as you get older. So when you get injured, it's like, it's like dang, like now I got to take time off and then I'm going to have to catch back up and do some rehabilitation, et cetera, which is what I'm doing right now, like light training and like rehab for my foot. Very, very annoying. But it's it's a part of the sport. And honestly, like it, it just like teaches you to not underestimate any moves like take precautions it's just like that reminder of like hey like you need to focus at all times and on that note what other injuries have you had while doing parkour like what are some common ones have you suffered and what are some serious ones if you were willing to share those ones the common injuries that i've had is literally like just my ankles uh, it's very, very easy to hurt your ankles in parkour. It could it could literally be anything. Like a, a far jump that you just barely make and you land short, like all that impact goes to your ankle. Uh, you land a precise move onto a thin ledge and your ankle slightly misses it and you roll your ankle. Like there it goes. Like 
a fast spinning move and you like let's say like if you're when you see people spinning the goal is to stop spinning and then land you don't want to really land while spinning uh depending on the surface and your shoes and like you know like how you land it's fine uh but if you land on something grippy while spinning like there's a small chance that you could also bust your ankle and how about serious injuries that you've had that was it. That's no, honestly, yeah, that was there's it. No, there's no serious ones. Okay, was, good. For me, that was serious because I couldn't train. So I was like, hmm, serious injuries. Well, I couldn't do parkour. So ankle. <laughs> uh, nope. I've, so uh, once again, another misconception. Oh my God, aren't you going to break your neck or hurt your head? The only single time I've ever fallen on my head while training in eight years was because of a piece of equipment gave out. That's it. I took off. Uh, the the velcro on the blocks was old and I guess and it just snapped I landed on my head that's all so but then again I do train very cautiously uh, so that's just me you know someone who's more reckless could have landed like a bunch of times but if you're cautious honestly the biggest thing you only have to worry about is your ankles that's it and I would imagine for you after all these years you've learned to how to fall, how to recover if you fall. Because people who, let's say if I were to do parkour, I wouldn't know how to fall. And I feel like that's a very important thing to learn. Yeah, you're right, actually. That's something I teach a lot of my students, which they won't understand at first where I'm like, all right, we're going to do this far jump and you won't be able to make it, but I want you to fall safely by doing this and this. And they're like, why? Can't, why? I just want to land the jump. And I'm like, yes, we're going to get to that. I want to make sure that if things go south, you know how to save yourself. And, you know, then when they do their jumps and they don't make it, they see it. They're like, oh, that's why you taught me how to do this. I'm like, yes, I do care about your health and the way you land. <laughs> you know, that's a good thing. That's very important is the action reaction aspect. I like that. Now, you've touched this throughout the entire episode, but I'm going to ask anyways, are there any other misconceptions about parkour that we've missed? One like that I can't think of is the whole when people say like, parkour is dangerous. Parkour is as dangerous as you make it. So how I was saying train smart. So like a lot of the times when either security guards or sometimes just like random people of older age, I won't say old people, just the wiser, the, the wiser generation, the wiser generation will come up to us think, not thinking they do definitely know better when they tell me an athlete who's been training for eight years their input on this. Sorry, I got a little salty there. It's, it's, <laughs> it's cool. okay. It's your episode. You do whatever you need to do. No. So, they, they, I mean, they're concerned. I see where they're coming from. They see us jumping. Hey, that's that's not safe. You can't do that. I'm going to call the cops, etc. You know, all those. I've heard everything. Like, when you drive, when you jaywalk, when you literally do anything, isn't any more dangerous than parkour. And I would be down to argue that driving is more dangerous than parkour. Statistically, it is. So when people come at like athletes who are only out there to like, they're not there to damage anything. They're not causing any harm. They're there to just get stronger, to improve whatever it is their goal is. And you go at an athlete telling them, you know, what they're doing is wrong or dangerous and they should stop. Like you should probably think again, like, and really look at them more as like, they're there to do a sport. They're not there to cause any trouble. Right. Mm -hmm. So probably the biggest misconception that we'll get and it's as you can see by the tone of my voice the most frustrating because aside from injuries i think being kicked out of spots by randoms or by security guards has been the uh second biggest thing holding us back from training and i would imagine that you're not there to intentionally destroy the place yeah <laughs> like i feel like that's what some people would imagine oh they're doing parkour they're gonna wreck the trees or wreck the building yeah like ideally for us like we want to maintain the spot because we <laughs> want to use it we never want to break anything the only thing i do understand when it comes to getting kicked out is when they say it's a matter of liability now that's something i can't argue against liability you know they don't know me as a person i could tell them hey i'm not gonna sue you if i hurt myself but you know, they don't know me. They can't trust me. I get it. Like, as long as when a security guard's polite about it, like, hey, dude, I appreciate what you're doing, but like, you got to go. I'm like, okay, thanks for being nice. You know, like, it's, it's whatever. There's a thin line. Yeah. Like, that's, we're not going to mess with that. Like, there's liability. I get that. Like, this, whatever. So, this is why you're encouraging an actual parkour park, which yes. is dedicated to these kind of things. Yes, See, that would be nice. If you're in Ottawa or in Gatineau or anywhere in the world and you want to do this, support your community because there's a lot of 
parkour people out there and they're doing this for fun they're not trying to destroy the environment they're just following their passion and why not make it in a safe area right yeah yeah exactly that'd be nice and what has parkour taught you in life like in your like how, what has it like brought to you did it teach you to be more analytical like just analyze things or more patient uh, do things quicker what did it teach you uh, I feel like it definitely has made me more patient because like like repeating something over and over and not getting it, like you get frustrated. So eventually you kind of like learn like, okay, this is okay. And like that definitely transfers into my mindset in the rest of my life. Like when things are going south or even when things are going well, like, you know, like don't get too comfortable or maybe you should be a bit more careful or it's going to be okay type of thing. Like, yeah, it definitely has like transferred into like my mental health on my day to day. And even like has made me, I don't know if this like will sound weird, but like has made me less scared of a lot of things. Like when I think of doing anything, I'm like, oh, well, it's not as bad as this thing. So it's not that big a deal, right? I think it's fine. Do you want to present this hobby to the world or use it more as an escape from reality? Because I know you do teach it, but do, do you like have a border like it's a 50-50 or do you prefer more one than the other? Uh, I think it's a bit of a 50-50 actually, yeah. Like I, I do like sharing my, my clips on Instagram. Like I do like teaching it to uh, to the next generations, but it also is very much something for me where like I just like need it as a part of my life. There was actually a few times where I thought of uh, stopping parkour because of injuries and stuff. And I was like, man, like I just can't keep doing this. And it's like, I took maybe a month off, like two months during my injury time and thinking like, wow, like I can't stop training. I just physically can't stop training. Like I need this for my mental health and for my like physical health, I guess. And do you plan to do this for many years to come? Because you were talking about the guy who created it. He's in his 40s now. I would imagine he's still doing it to this day, right? Yeah, he's in, from what I've seen, in my opinion, he's at the top of his game right now. He's more of a parkour like uh purist so he doesn't do too many flips so i don't know how that affects his body but the french love huge drops he's french they love drops which are really heavy on your legs so i don't know what he's doing to stay so strong but i do know a few people in their mid-30s that are still doing really well as well They've got that old man strength uh, not old wait sorry 30 old man oh my goodness <laughs> they've got that middle strength strength yeah i feel like as long as like you you train well and you take care of your body you'll be able to maintain it like to a certain level of course as you get older i think if i could train at a medium level till my 50s i'd be happy something like that i would definitely have to cut out some of the like twists and flips as i get older but as it goes for like the raw parkour the climbs the jumps and everything i'm just gonna trade it treat it as like a uh uh, time at the gym, right? You know, like pull-ups, jumps, box jumps, whatever, just outside in an activity type of thing. I, I like how you were saying that as you get older, you're going to try to like evolve your parkour to fit whatever condition you're in, whatever ment mental state you're in, whatever style you want. Because when you're 17 compared to when you're 37, maybe there's different types of styles you want to do. And I, it's called evolution. That's being a human. Yeah. So maybe like for me, if I keep doing this for 10 years, maybe I want to change it up, do it a different style for not parkour, but I mean my podcast. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. It's evolution. Actually, yeah, yeah. on that note, feel free not to answer this. But did you feel, because you've been doing this for 10 years, do you feel that when you were younger, did you have this I wouldn't say a Superman complex, but the idea that I'm invulnerable, I cannot get injured. And as you got older, you're like, okay, well, this, I'm going to try to like stay back. I, I might get injured by doing this. Okay, I got to find another way to do it. I think that I've always been kind of cautious while I've been training, but I definitely had a point where I, it, it was not so much as like a, oh, I'm invincible. It was more like, I mean, yeah, it was definitely a bit of that. Like you feel like, oh, I can't get injured. But it was also like you don't really understand your limits when you just start training. Like you just see what people do and you're like, all right, I'm going to do that. And then you'll try it and you'll be like, oh, more drop equals more weight on my legs and my legs can't handle that. Like you don't really understand the limits of your body until you start like really pushing it. And yeah, so that's like how, how I learned, right? Like through trial and error and injuries. And as you, as I got injured, I was more like, uh, maybe <laughs> I should hold back a little bit, or maybe I should like take more time to work this. 
it's kind of like a bittersweet thing that injuries is a great teacher, but you don't want to get injured. But yeah, it's bittersweet. Yeah, it's one of those things that I like to like teach my students is like to avoid injury because like some coaches are under the impression that you need injury to evolve. And I, I like just hearing that sounds a little crazy. Like you need pain to grow. I mean, <laughs> it to an extent you might, but I feel like if I could prevent like the unnecessary stupid injuries, you know, don't flip off 10 feet, you know, stuff like that, that would be good. And, you know, they'll get injured as they grow and as they train, but at least you can prevent that to help them optimize how much training time versus injury time they're getting. No, exactly. It goes back to that idea where you train them to teach them how to fall properly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, we talked about this at the beginning. Do you have any social media links or websites that you want to share with the people again just to give it out so they can follow you? Uh, yeah, sure. Instagram plug is Raiden with two eyes, R-A-I-I-D-E-N. Uh, if you want to randomly watch me play video games, it's The Leaf Sun on Twitch. Yeah. Now, he has promised that once he reached 100 followers that he would do a backflip, but he has passed that. And he has, he has yet to do a backflip. So, he, he promises at 50 as well. So My living room is so small. A promise is a promise. Uh, at 200, you better do a backflip. I'm kidding. You don't have to do it. But, but you really do. You really have to do it. I'm kidding. Okay. So, yes. Uh, what I do at the end of the episodes is always I throw the question back to you to throw it to me. Do you have any questions for me about parkour? Um, Have you like... Have I cleared up any misconceptions that you might have had? Do you have any things that like you're still like you've always been curious about, like literally anything about the sport? Well, I, for a lot of it, I kind of seem like common sense. It sounds weird saying this, but uh, where the idea is like, oh, people's misconceptions like, oh, they're always going to do the riskiest thing. And I'm thinking, well, at this age, I'm human. I don't want to just risk my life without analyzing. Uh, you did clear up the information that you do analyze the area properly. I thought it was just like a quick, a quick sweep, but you guys go into like, all right, you test out everything and you do like emotions, kind of like a movie set where you try to do an act, like you play it out. And then if it doesn't work, you try a different perspective. Yeah. And I kind of knew this already, but you did bring into light more that the community aspect is a very important thing in Mm -hmm. uh, in parkour. I was going to say podcasting. I mean, in parkour, (laughs) they both start with P in parkour. So it just goes to show that very passionate people help each other. And it also brought to light when you talked about the construction of an actually safe parkour area because they have it for skate parks. Yeah. You can get just as injured in a skate park as you could in a parkour park and they have skate parks everywhere. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I, I think it's just like... It's a new sport. Like we're getting the skateboarder treatment. Like if uh, if you remember when we were younger, like the skateboarding community was very highly condemned and probably still is in a lot of spots. So we're getting that treatment until like people really see it as a sport. That's probably when we're going to get funding and stuff. Actually, Canada is only one of the few countries that doesn't recognize parkour as a sport yet. Really? Europe recognizes it. Most of Asia recognizes it. The States recognizes it. They've got gyms. They've got competitions. We have a, a competition in Vancouver, actually. And we have a gym in Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal, and some other place. So it's weird that it hasn't been re- fully recognized yet. But it's it's on the way there. It's, it's coming. And thanks to YouTube and a bunch of other internet sites, the videos shared by people will just open up the eyes to a lot more people. And, you know, it can just become a recognized sport in canada i i I, it's just a matter of time that's the way i see it yeah yeah Uh, i know you didn't want it in the olympics but would you like to see it in the x games um i don't really watch the x games so i don't really have much input um i mean there's already competitions for parkour like there's red bull art of motion which is coming up october 6th if you want to watch that they live stream it uh the competition is on like uh different countries so right now it's going to be in italy I don't remember what the city was, but it'll be in Italy, October 6th. You can watch it, Red Bull Art of Motion. Uh, there's NAPC, which is North American Parkour Championship in Vancouver. There's Air Whip. So there's all these either big gyms or energy drink brands or whatever that are doing big comps already. I mean, yeah, I guess it wouldn't hurt the sport to have more big competitions. It'd be nice. Like even, even for the aspect for the Olympics, even though I wouldn't want to see it in the Olympics, I wouldn't be entirely against it. I'm very neutral. I'd still like be happy that the sport is growing. Uh, it could, it could like only bring out positive, you know, like if someone in the Olympic Olympics said, this is parkour, that's not going to affect my training in the slightest. I'll still be out doing whatever I want. Right. 
So it's just, yeah. It's like, uh, I think they're adding rock climbing into the Olympics uh, for 2020. But you mentioned October 6th. Unfortunately, this podcast is coming out in like two, three months. Oh, so, so October 6th of 2019. I'm sorry for the people listening. It has <laughs> passed. If it's October 6th next year, you're way ahead of schedule. You are good. Um, so you could watch like old YouTube videos. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You could watch the recap of that yeah, yeah. October 6th. <laughs> I like to record ahead of time. But so, yeah, there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you so much, Raiden, for coming on. Thank I hope, you. I hope this was a good experience for you. You enjoyed it. I didn't. Sound too ignorant asking all these questions. No, no, you're great. You're great. Okay, thank God. Oof. Thank you very much for having me, Alex. So, uh, yeah, if you want to learn more about Raiden, you can go check him out on Instagram and also go check out his uh, Twitter, not Twitter, Twitch. They sound so similar. Yeah, uh, yeah. His Twitch, he's very welcoming to the community, very welcoming to people, very relaxed. If you want to have a relaxing day and just join into community, just go check out his Twitch. And if you'd like to be on my podcast, you can send me an email to timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And also, if you think this episode is going to be helpful for anybody who might be going through a hard time and needs to relieve their stress through, I don't know, body movement, parkour, by all means, pick, take up parkour, listen to some video, uh, podcasts like this one, or go watch some videos. P- make sure to prepare yourself well. Don't just jump into it, no pun intended. Um, but yeah, the resources are there. Just take what you need, learn, find the community, and hopefully you have a great experience. So once again, thank you so much, man. <laughs> thank you for having me. And uh, so until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care.